0: Hello beautiful people, my name is Mitchell and this is the Back to the Present podcast where I sit down and discuss this rollercoaster week or life with people of all different smells and smiles. On today's episode of the podcast we have Annette Perry. And that story is one of potency that reverberates and ignites a flame of change within those who are ready to actively choose and a reclaimed existence in this world with 18 years of experience in development work and years of study as a trauma informed coach and that has beautifully combined mindset somatic healing and inner child reparenting to create a unique her unique and massively needed business today she has guided hundreds of individuals practitioners business owners and their teams through the tcm method and created the kind of change that shapes the future of the world as we know it She's living, breathing proof of what happens when you step boldly onto the path you were born to tread. She provides more than an act of personal fulfillment for those she coaches, trains, guides, and mentors. She provides an innovation to a dance with destiny and sends forth a ripple effect that expands, influences, and inspires all who receive her message. Hello, Anat.
1: Hello. Hello.
0: (laughs) How are you?
1: I'm excellent. Thanks, Mitchell.
0: Thanks for having me on today. No worries at all. Thanks for being on. Uh, that was a little explanation as to sort of what you're doing with yourself, uh, a little bit more detailed than you usual. Um, but um, for the sake of the listeners, maybe in your own words, could you just sort of um, expand and or all- touch on anything that we missed there um, as far as how you got where you are and um, if you think anything needs to be added as to what you're doing with yourself these days, please.
1: Yeah. How did I get where I am? Well, today where I am is that I mentor other coaches and healers and leaders in my method who want to lead powerful, profitable, Programs in person or virtually and retreats as well um and have a complete method to take people to like the deepest healing and transformation uh, and that is something that i've been doing for three years training others in that um and really focusing on that right now as the way that i know i can make the biggest impact globally um, my background is i've been in the development space for 18 years and i started my business training campus toll 8 years ago and really started it um, just cuz i loved coaching just because i it took i spent 10 years finding the right tools and mentors to experience my own happiness my own healing from things like being codependent to having low self-esteem to having a lot of anxiety when I was with myself couldn't be with myself um to always you know attracting the wrong the wrong relationships the wrong men into my life and so having been on that journey of looking for my own transformation and finally having the right tools and Experiencing that, I knew I was ready to bring that up I always enjoyed, like, for ten years being in the coaching space, but I didn't start my business till I felt like I was embodying that and I had the right tools for. It. So when I started out eight years ago, actually it'll be eight years end of this month. <laughs> um, when I started out, I was just like, I never thought I'd be here today. I never thought I'd have a method. And that other people w- would want to learn from me and that I'd be focused on that. But uh, that was God's plan. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to help others that have had the same struggles that I have in, um, in their life to finally experience less transformation. And it happened quickly for me. The results for my clients, um, the success in my business, I say quickly. <laughs> And really it was like ten years in the making, but but because of that, because I was so prepared and so embodied myself, the results came quickly and the referrals kept coming in and they still do. And three years into it having clients say to me, I want to learn to do what you do. And I was like, I know how to how to describe this, how to pass this along, I made it my intention to in my fourth year, fourth, fifth year, to get clear on like what is the step-by-step? What am I really doing here? Yeah. And um, yeah, and then lockdown happened, COVID happened, and it was the perfect time to expand and start to train others because the world needed it more than ever. And so that was three years ago. And after now running this amazing program for five years, um, really, at a place now where that is all that I want to do um, yeah. is uh, help and identify those that are looking to really have a proven method and know how to scale their business that way or step into expanding their offers as a coach. Um, and that way, we could reach more people
0: yeah yeah Yeah. um i appreciate that great great introduction um if if you could i mean i'm super interested in um in a few things and as i said i've got some talking points here to to touch on yeah but that that proven method that you just mentioned there um Mm -hmm. we could go into as much detail in it as we would like um but what do you see in the proven method that you've developed given your experience, what do you mm-hmm. think are some things that stand out that you've noticed that other people sort of aren't doing or just not aware of because they haven't yeah. had that experience?
1: Yeah, awesome. Yeah, a couple things. One yeah. is there's a lot of great tools out there Yeah, that work. And um, it's one thing to have tools, whether that's breath work or somatic or NLP or, you know, um, timeline therapy or, you know, the list goes on, parts work, right? There's a lot of great tools that people could be trained in, but how do you guide a client completely through the process? So I have something called the five stages of transformation, five stages of healing. And this is where... I feel there's a lot of gaps in the self-development space from witnessing it and from experiencing it myself. Um, and I could share briefly what those stages are. You know, stage one is awareness, which I feel, you know, what leads people to work with a coach is that they're aware of something, right? But there's so much more to become aware of, and so some coaches are. They're only working with a client on like, oh, you have this problem. Let me help you overcome this or transform this, which is fine. It's great. We want to reach the like top of mind challenges that people have. But to have a process that helps people not only be reactive um, or prescriptive or supportive for what they're aware of, but also proactive in uncovering what's dormant what you may not know yet that is part of your script part of what's running the show is the depth that there is in this stage called awareness yeah stage two is acceptance and this is the stage that that i feel most individuals as well as sometimes the facilitator, the coach, are skipping or not knowing really how to delve into. Um and that's because most of the time whatever it is that we're wanting to change, we have it as it's wrong.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. As
1: it needs to be fixed. And on an energetic level, how we're engaging with ourselves with whatever that issue is is from it's wrong how can i fix it release it how much longer is it going to be here can it just go away all of which are not accepted yeah and so there's and it's not just like oh okay i accept it (laughs) there's a lot there that a lot of times needs this is where individuals need and get to be held and supported because when you step into accepting it, it's gonna, it's like meeting that, um, it's like, it's like being face to face with that dragon.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: And like, are you, are you willing to be face to face with this part of your identity that is a dragon? Is gonna come out big, um, and does not want to be played. Uh, and what I mean by that is it could be everything from in wow for my nervous system to actually accept that this is a part of me. That means that I have to face it, or that I have to accept and forgive. It brings a lot of stuff which is where the real beauty and the work is um but most people aren't going to it in that depth yeah i mean i constantly even now with my clients in my foundational program that's open to anyone that wants deeper healing and embodiment themselves will come on and say that they'll say something that i'm just like yeah so you're still wanting to fix it and make it go away. You're still judging and making it wrong. And they're just like, oh right, I mm-hmm. am.
2: Yeah.
1: It it's a constant um place where you really want to support the person. Yeah. So that's stage two. Stage three is getting to the root of it. And this is where there's different tools and different ways to explore it. And um some people may be qualified with the tools that they have and there's specific processes that i've designed around how we explore the relationship the relationship between who we are and what our parents modeled to us yep. who we learned to be and um, so it's a specific process that we explore yep. stage um, and, and and sometimes there's visualizing what was and sometimes there's just learning to be with the energetic, the emotions that it brings up, and there's nothing to again change or fix about it. There's learning to deeply let it <clears throat> be seen so that it can express itself and move through.
2: Yep.
1: Stage four is uh, in is the releasing and replacing. And when we say release, it's, I should actually change that word more to. Uh, um, Mm, where it gets like integrated with the whole like where there's just like so much the nervous system can take it in and therefore release and relax in it instead of trying to fight it Mm -hmm. where there's more welcoming of it and i see a lot of people that have done great work great whether it's plant medicine or shadow work inner child work that You're able to get to the stage where there is a powerful release, and what we mean by release is that the nervous system is is digesting it, is processing the energy of it, and you may have a cathartic cry, or you know, or your body may start shaking, or you may start yawning and burping, whatever it is. Uh, Especially in plant medicine, I find that happens, but then they're not replacing it. Mm -hmm. They're not seeing like, okay, now that I've cleared this part of myself that, or I've integrated it, what's possible and available now? They go into these sessions and they have powerful experiences, emotional experiences, physical experiences, like in breath work. There's a lot of that in breath work. We can have powerful releases, But are you connecting it to what did you just clear out? And then because whatever that was was tied to a belief, a behavior, a limitation, which created a way of being for you. Now that you've cleared that and you're not being that anymore, who do you want to be? And so I find and see a lot of times that that's where people stop. In their journey is that they're not declaring what's available and possible now yeah and that's kind of like pulling out the weed but if you don't plant the new seed then you're just leaving room for then there's nothing there or like editing a script in a movie but if you don't editing a character out if you're not replacing someone else in that then When you get triggered again, which we will, the unconscious old patterns will come back in by default because you're not intentionally practicing a new way to show up to those moments. Life. Yep. So that's another important part of it. And then stage five is Integration and education. So, you've made a new declaration, like, I'm going to be this new way. Well, you need to go practice that. What are actions? Like, making sure that you are being proactive, not reactive with actions. Like, oh, well, next time I get triggered, I'll do this. It's like, no, I really looking for ways to water that new seed, to bring that new way of being. Into practice. And so a lot of action. And sometimes the action is so foreign that you need to go educate yourself. Um, for example, if someone has never been open, vulnerable, known how to be intimate, uh, this is where you can go take that course in intimacy or pick up a book on that. And there's actually room mm. for you to implement it yeah i see a lot of people and my experience in my early years of self-development i went from stage one awareness to state like to stage five like oh i'll just be this other way Mm -hmm. and let me go pick up this book or listen to this podcast and i could never fully integrate it because there was no room
2: yeah
1: it's like going to the store and picking up the seeds for the flowers that you want to plant in your garden and you know that's what you want in there a lot of times we're aware we're aware of who we want how we really want to show up in our life yeah uh and and we've learned it we've studied it but you gotta you gotta clear it out you have to make room for it so that i see a lot missing in the industry um, so that's a snippet of, you know, what the five stages is like. And what I train my facilitators in is recognizing when a client comes to you, where are they in it with every issue, every, every challenge that they're bringing to the session? Are they in stage one or are they, oh, okay, they've actually cleared moved that. We just need to complete the next three stages when, with them yeah. or with them. And also learning that we're not there to do it for them or to get them through. We're there to hold the space for them to go as slow as, as quick as their slowest part.
2: Yeah. That's, and so it
1: may be, it may be a whole month that you're, you're moving through the layers that are underneath them getting through stage two, except.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. jeez i wrote a few things down there so i'm excited to dive dive into some of them firstly i i love analogies and i love the planting the seed and and using that one just because it's it's just feels natural and it's so cool to play with and I, i couldn't help but think when you mentioned you mentioned like uh going and picking this uh sorry choosing the seed but then what type thing? And I was probably thinking of myself in some instances where it's like uh, weeding the garden, and then plant. Uh, sorry, weeding the garden and then watering the garden without actually planting any seeds and expecting to grow something that is not other than weeds. When all you've done is pull the weeds out and not put seeds in, which um, you know the planting mm-hmm. that you see which what you mentioned was the release and replace. Um, And I think you said it's it's from your experience something that you've noticed that um, doesn't get taught a lot. And I also noticed that as well. So I think with that, that release and replace, I noted down here, you know, who do you want to be it's 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 so easy for everybody and i think it's natural and i think it is important for us to realize who we don't want to be and i think that one tends to be and again i always say this but it's very hard for me to not use myself as the example but i imagine mm-hmm. and recognizing a lot of other people that they do that as well however i also see um and have done this of late how important and powerful it is to focus more on who you actually want to be as opposed to not just thinking about who you don't want to be so yes there's yeah. an awareness part of that who you don't want to be important as well but that who, who you want to be uh, um it's a it's a hard one because a lot of people can go through through life and never know what they want to be or who they want to be um other people i mean naturally it's going to change as well so again i'll, I'll i there is a question here but I think it's important to realize that we're changing that that person that we want to be or whatever is changing as time progresses. Um so there's no need in thinking that whoever you want to be has to stay the same. Um but from your experience where do you what line of questioning do you use for to help people identify that person that they want to be?
1: Yeah, so I want to say that first off very common Most people are not in what I call creator. They're not stepping into knowing themselves as a creator of their reality. Hmm. They're stuck in survival. Yeah. Who I don't want to be or what I don't want to happen again. Or I don't want to end up divorced like mom and dad were. I don't want this. I don't want that. So they're stuck in survive, trying to survive that not happening. And so where the focus goes mm. is to who they don't want to be. Yeah. It's like me saying, Mitchell, don't think of a pink elephant. <laughs> don't think of a pig elephant. Don't think of a pink elephant. Can you think of anything else but a pink elephant when I say that? Yeah. And that's what we're doing unconsciously yeah Yeah. like i don't want to be this way i don't want to be this way so you're not giving a new direction to someone it's like hey mitchell can you go to the store for me yeah what do you want me to get for you don't get hot dogs like Like, what so there's also that where it's like you you want to think like a creator but you're you're still so stuck on what you know you can't and shouldn't and don't want to be yeah and so this is not this is this is deep in people's core in their nervous system we're stuck in a sympathetic response in fight or flight and we're not aware of it hmm. most people hearing this right now are like yeah no, i'm not stressed like i'm not in the sympathetic response they don't see how much it's become their norm Hmm. to Hmm. operate in this way is in, in certain ways to have these protectors, as I call them ways that we protect ourselves. And that could be anything from hiding, uh, not being social to, um, Turning to food, to uh, the way that we speak, the soft talk that we use in our language, to, you know, turning to drugs, sex, pornography, all these things. These are all ways that we create, survive.
2: Yeah.
1: And they give us comfort. Yeah. So we don't think we're in a sympathetic fight flight response or even a freeze response. We think we're good. No, you're in your comfort bubble. Yeah. Comfort bubble's an illusion. Yeah. Of comfort. Yeah. And so to answer your question of what are like how do I you said like how do I bring people do that or how can they access what they actually want they have to learn to reparent themselves first they have to learn to it's like the biggest thing is how to cultivate safety within their own nervous system and it was it was your mom's job as a little baby it's who you innately depended on for that nurturance and safety. So it's that same energy or it's, or or not the same energy, <laughs> ideally the energy of the divine mother, the unconditional love, the acceptance, the like, I'm here, I love you, you're safe, everything's okay, I'm not leaving you. And some of us got that, and some of us didn't. Yeah, We didn't have the divine mother energy, the unconditional love. We had a mom that checked out or a mom that was, that was hard on us or yeah. that wasn't present. And so then what happened is that we learned to to parent our, our, ourselves that way, our emotions that way. And to me, emotions is the inner child. So how to take care of our own inner being that way and so when we think of that little being taking big leaps going out in the world that child going out in the world if that child doesn't feel safe they're going to go out and the, they're either not going to take big leaps they're going to play small mm. or they're going to go out in the world <clears throat> with a lot of armor with a lot of protectors with prete- with being inauthentic pretending to be the funny guy because that's what's safe yeah instead of you know the the bold courageous or whatever but whoever they really are yeah and so it starts with learning with unlearning yeah what you learned with giving yourself a choice to look at what did mom model to me? mom represents an extension of self what did mom model to me when it comes to everything related to me? Yeah, And does that serve me or does that not serve me? Yeah. And, and if it didn't serve me and it actually hurt me, then again, comforting that part. And once that part feels comforted, like closing a loop, on something that was never closed when it happened as a kid
0: yeah, nice uh, I, I can't help but think with the reparenting that you're talking about um i mean there's there's more of a question uh, even when you know ev- everybody has such different upbringings and you can have like a i don't always like using good and bad, but let's just say you have an upbringing that is. filled with with more love than an upbringing that's filled with less for whatever reason um even the upbringing that's filled with love there are going to be certain things well it's a question but are there not going to be certain things that the child um are there not going to be certain loops that weren't closed even in that situation like because what i'm thinking is there's a it's very much regardless of even what happens as you know better than most like it's very much a perspective in the story we tell ourselves about the event that happened when we were three like it may not have even happened exactly how it actually happened but we tell ourselves it happened this way and that we weren't what for lack of a better example we weren't loved at that exact moment because you know we we think that mum didn't want to hang around us or do something but in actual fact she was just busy and she was hanging out the clothes whatever it ends up being so um you know it is that i it's i feel like it's important to bring that up because sometimes people think and again using myself for example sometimes people can think that it's got to be like a traumatic event for you to actually do anything about close the circle but it's not that is it a
1: hundred percent absolutely if you had a lot of trauma, then yeah, for sure, it's going to be obvious to you, and you're going to have therefore more dysfunction, and your nervous system is going to be even weaker or more stuck in a sympathetic state. Or some people have post traumatic growth where they're able to be, you know, to, to really fight through, find resiliency in it. That's the extreme, right? The people that, had a lot of trauma but absolutely there's the those that grew up quote unquote i like to call it vanilla right like oh like i had i'm great like my parents were wonderful they were loving we went on you know we went trips together and mom put dinner on the table and la 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 and they may think it's not so obvious to them because it's not in their face they may function have a lot more Function than dysfunction, there is still opportunity. And this is what I mean by the opportunity to discover what could be uh, dormant as opposed to waiting for things to hit the fan before you discover this about yourself. Um, also, when things happen, we either copy, rebel, or survive. And yep. so it could be, well, you know, mom and dad were great. You know, mom was, mom, mom took great care of us. She was always there for me. She showed me so much love. And that same mom, was busy, busy, running around the house, taking care of everything and everyone, but herself. Yeah. And so yeah. what that might've imprinted you with is put others first. Hmm. Your needs don't matter. Take care of everyone and everything. So that person grows up to be very good, very loving, taking care of everyone but themselves. Mm. Their health, their stress level, their happiness is secondary. And it may not show up, for example, until they become a parent, yeah. a, a mother or a father. Then they start to see that pattern. Show up. up until they point they could say oh life is great so mm. this is what i mean by the opportunity to no matter who you are get curious be like let me let me look under the hood yeah let me look at my full garden here and discover what i might have learned that at some point may not serve
0: yeah for sure and another great analogy because what popped into mind was yeah if you've got a there's a when you know without fully knowing that there's some stuff under the hood it can be pretty scary and requires a fair bit of um courage to, to to open it up because you as we're talking about you know some everybody's got their own different stuff but but it's very unlikely that anyone's opening that hood and the engine is squeaky clean and it's running exactly how it needs to without any without anything there you know without any opportunity yeah. so I think it's yeah, it's I, I like to remind myself that you know, it, it does take that certain degree of, of courage and sometimes it's also important to remember to honour that sometimes for whatever reason that day, that week, that month we're not ready to open it up and that's also okay. Yeah. And that it sort of just yeah. it will I believe anyway, it happens as it needs to happen and so that when it happens, it's like you know, you're number one, it's just having, starting with the awareness, because it's, it's, that's like, almost like anything, really, like the the first step is, can be seem the most difficult, is just having the awareness of, hey, there's this, there's this thing here, this is not necessarily going to be easy. Um, I am ready, or I'm not ready to work with it. And that's where, obviously, coaching and things like that are, in yeah, because there's a, it's, there's so much to it, like in your instances, you're talking about your stages between one and five, there's a lot and you can easily get caught, which is exactly what you've said before. yeah, you, know? you can easily have the awareness and then go straight to stage five. Um, and whatever, you know that may be what needed to happen at that point in time, but the the opportunity lays lies, lies between you know pulling that weed out, planting the seed, watering it, and letting it flourish mm-hmm. eventually.
1: Yeah, yeah, and for the most part, we're creatures of comfort. Yeah, we're not gonna want to look under the hood yeah. until the car starts giving us some problems.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's,
1: that's just like we usually don't listen to the whisper. Yeah, you yeah. know, we wait to be thrown off the cliff. Yeah, and and where the pain of not looking, not exploring ourselves, is greater than the fear of exploring it. So that's okay, too. Um, And uh, to choose to be curious and know that it's actually the greatest adventure of your life. It's where you're going to take your power back,
2: Mm.
1: where you're no longer playing out a script that you inherited um, partly by what mom and dad modeled and partly you created out of survival. Yeah. It's really an opportunity to be like, I'm going to take my power back. Yeah. And therefore, I'm going to become the creator of my reality. Yeah. That's the opportunity. And that's what I always uh, invite people as they're listening to like, take the opportunity yeah. before. See it as just like, know that like anything you want, you can create in your yeah. future, co create with with the universe yeah um and uh you don't have to wait until something's broken yeah or feels painful
0: yeah for sure no i love that that's awesome um another thing that's um come to mind is is what you mentioned about um like not changing things so a, a lot a lot too often we think that you know maybe we are broken and something needs to be changed as opposed to you know the fact that there is nothing to change that there's just opportunity to lean into um again not easy <laughs> because uh the common belief is um if there's something there it needs to be fixed um which yeah is true to a certain extent, but I, I suppose the reframing there is is more of the, of a fact that there's an opportunity, um, and as opposed to like a quick pill fix or whatever, you know, just using an analogies and things like that here. Um, what I really want to talk about though is that that um, the the challenges that people may face in thinking that something's broken and needs to be fixed versus there is nothing to change.
1: Yeah, yeah. So a lot of times what the the behavior that is showing up in response to whatever that trauma was or belief was will change hmm. in the integration, right? So it's not that things are you're not going to change But if you're trying to change that, like if you're someone that is, for example, if you're in a relationship and your partner's like, you're always defensive or you're always yelling and they say, you need to change that. Hmm. Otherwise, like, I don't want to be with you or this relationship isn't going to last. You may go into a session and be like, I need to change the fact that like I and defensive and get angry yeah that is correct we're not here to accept it's just like well accept that you are and that's how it is Do to do, do. <laughs> that is just the surface way of being that's the survival the the identity the role that you're playing in the movie of your life is defensive and aggressive right But the awareness that we want to get to is what happened to little Mitchell Mm. that had him develop that character. Mm. Yeah. And learning to, and and, and being with that and accepting that and accepting that, well, when he was little, this happened, you know, this thing happened with dad. And in that moment, he decided, I'm never going to let that happen again. I'm going to be defensive, aggressive, whatever. Yeah. And so what there is to step is whatever little Mitchell experienced that had him not feel safe to keep showing up that way. Mm. And that's the loop that gets to be completed. Mm -hmm. so when that is completed we don't need this character called aggressive defensive playing a role in the movie anymore yeah because that part that loop is closed that part is healed
0: yeah yeah awesome um on that what would you say because a lot of these things uh a lot of these patterns and stories and whatnot um again you can touch on this a little bit more if you like but a lot of these things are are developed in the first say seven years i know it changes but say the first seven years of life or, or whatever it ends up being dependent on what, exactly what we're talking about but when when people yeah. start to create this awareness and start to you know be a little bit more proactive and start to look under the hood all these kind of things that we're talking about you know the weed in the garden and stuff well mm-hmm. part of it is 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 that first seven years versus sort of just something that is what it is and because i'm trying i'm trying what i'm trying right. to learn is I, i'm mindful of sometimes we make things up um and a lot of the time it is actually to do with that first seven years and it is in your child work where where do you where do yeah. you try to um recognize the differences is probably what i'm trying to say like do again is it beautiful. a bit of questioning questioning type thing or, or a feeling both what
1: beautiful so let's go back to the metaphor for example right um, you may it 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 may be that it wasn't a weed that grew in your garden based on something that you learned it could be that a storm came and destroyed part meaning yeah. it could be that here you are at age whatever you're in your 20s or your 30s and you go through this experience now yeah you go through something challenging last week last month yeah and you know you and, and someone says to you oh well let's let's look at where did you you know where did this happen in childhood yeah They're like uh no it's not there it's here Yes, it is here. And when you know how to reparent yourself, when you're equipped with the right tools, no matter what storm comes to hit your garden, you can tend to it. So, what I teach my clients is the right tools that for years, I mean, I hear I hear from clients now, years later, that are just like, I went through the toughest year last year. Thank God you taught me the things that you did because I knew how to navigate through it. Mm. And so we still will explore if there's any belief in what happened last week mm. that is something that you learned as true. Yep. Uh, And we need to clear that out so that you can have a different perspective as how you view what happened last week so that you're not stuck in it. Um, And also, you said something before, uh, sometimes we make up stories. Yeah, always having, bringing the awareness to, am I being with what's happening now as, it's happening now. It just happened. You know, this person broke up with me and I'm not saying everyone, you know, uh, everyone always leaves me because my dad left me, for example. Um, But are you saying other things that make it hard for you to accept the fact that that person broke up with you?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: How are you parenting yourself in that moment? Yeah. Parenting the inner child is not something that ends when you get older. Yeah, uh, parenting your re-parenting. There's reparenting. The reparenting is like, well, this garden is a mess. It's full of weeds, and like, let's get in there and clear that out. Now the garden is transformed. It's full of flowers and vegetables and all that. Does that mean you, you, you stop tending to the garden?
2: <laughs> yes. No.
1: Storms may come, weather changes, you may want to change. So that's called tending to the garden. That is called constantly parenting your, your, yourself, tending yeah. to your emotions and your thoughts and your energy as things arise as an adult. Mm. And are you, are you equipped to do that?
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: That's, yeah. And so the Ah. training for that is learning to, you know, clear out and start fresh with what you do want. And then from there, you're good in a sense of it's not about healing and transforming. It's not about releasing everything and becoming perfect. (laughs) It's about building your capacity to handle more of what life is going to hand you. Yeah. Because I'm 43. It does not get easier. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning it doesn't get more perfect.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Sure.
1: There's always there's always different challenges and or opportunities to expand and grow. Yeah. And I take bigger leaps, bigger risks to expand more because I have so much practice and built so much capacity to handle the different emotions and things that life can bring my way.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think it's, I've said it before and I'm sure people have heard this in many other ways, but it's, it's, it's super important to realize that there is there is no perfect. The, the growth, the expansion is infinite in the sense that there is no ending. It's just, you know, as you said, there's no... Feel like a better words, and that doesn't necessarily mean it gets easier. It just gets different. It's just things just change. It's different. Yeah.
1: So there's a difference between someone who is in survival,
0: yeah. they're
1: just in the weeds. Yeah. They're in the weeds and they have no tools. And yeah. so it never changes and it gets thicker and, yeah. and harder yeah. to people that have some tools, but maybe not the right tools, which was me for eight years. Yeah. I had a tool that was like a weed whacker. <laughs> so what happens when you whack a, you know, you're, you're just trimming a weed. You're yeah. not getting to the root of it. So you experience relief for a little bit in your life, but then you're stuck managing the same type of shit. Like yeah. life isn't getting different. It's like, oh, it's still the weeds. Oh, it's still the weeds. Yeah. I'm just trimming them and they yeah. look pretty for a little bit yeah. to having the right tools that get to the root of it so you actually can transform your garden to the things that you want you can transform your life to have the type of relationship marriage business money health that you desire so that's like all right that's good like that's where you know ideally that's being stable that's stabilization there in our life and then there's Um, more living in creation of opportunities to expand and play bigger Um, and at certain moments meeting those new edges that life brings you to whether that is when you have your first child or your second child or when you know you're dealing with an illness or a, or a family member that is sick, or the death of a loved one. These are things that are gonna rock your foundation.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, what is that foundation? <laughs> yeah. That foundation is something that you have put down, not just the default inherited, then you'll have more capacity. To stay stable and expand with it
0: awesome um, in, the, in the same line of thinking, I know that it, it, it can be difficult to create the ability to become aware in certain environments, specifically when you know our nervous system is is in that survival mode or whatever we want to call it. Um, and so i feel like it's important to bring that up in the sense that like how do we begin to regulate that nervous system so that because in my opinion like if we're in that full-on survival mode and, and whatnot it's going to be pretty hard to have that awareness because we're just we're just on you know what i mean you know, whatever we're doing it doesn't really matter what the example is but it's to be able to uh regulate that like I'm, like i'm eventually trying to ask here. um yeah, is, I feel going to be important to then cultivate that awareness. So, other than, for example, for me, practicing the, the last few years, it's it's very much about breathing. You know, that, for me, that's my thing. Um, and no doubt that works for everybody. But what what types of um tips do you have there with as as a person? Yeah, as, regulation.
1: Sure. So a quick minute practice, five minute practice if you can that you can do anywhere even if you're driving (laughs) um and what i recommend to people is to do it multiple times a day so you start and and i'll and i'll guide you guys through what those things are so that you give your nervous system a chance to experience reset Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs)
1: And that it starts to feel the difference and know that it can um, self-regulate, that you that you can recognize a lot of times we're not recognizing that we're in a heightened state. Yeah. yeah. And at the end of our day, we're collapsing.
2: Yeah. And
1: then we're numbing out with food, TV, whatever. We're just crashed. And then we wake up the next morning and we do it all over. Yeah. So to start to recognize it, a few little practices. Yeah. Box breathing. Box breathing is inhale for four.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Hold for four. Let out for four seconds through a straw. Like imagine a straw, right? Like like first flip. Hold at the bottom for four. So I do two rounds of that. Mm-hmm. Then in my third round, I inhale for four, hold for four, and I start tapping on my chest. And as I exhale, I make sounds. Ah. Uh, that resets the vagus, that is your, your vagus nerve. Mm-hmm. So I do that for two, three rounds. Ah. Uh, Holding at the bottom, and then, and then tilting, and this is the only one that like don't do while you're driving. <laughs> maybe at a red light, <laughs> maybe right. Ideally, park. But otherwise, you can do it anywhere. Tilting your um, your ears to your your left ear to your left shoulder, and with your eyes looking up to the opposite direction, looking up okay. to the right, to the corner of your eye. And breathing calmly and just holding that position of tilting your head and looking to the corner up until a yawn comes. And it may not be a full yawn. It may just be some little, like, relief. And it may not want to come at all. And holding it for a few minutes and then switching sides. And doing that. But it starts to release that. It starts to speak to that vagus nerve. And then playing piano on the back. As if you're playing piano. Taking your fingers on the back of your neck. And pressing like you're playing the piano. Up and down. Your neck. And then taking a deep breath pressing into your neck as you take that deep breath. Inhale. And then releasing ah uh, the hands. And so like during this practice you may start to feel your nervous yourself yawning a lot, mm-hmm. releasing a lot as you're doing it, or it actually may start to come afterwards. Like now I actually want to yaw. Yeah, as <laughs> I just did that. Yeah, and and then sitting with your eyes closed, if you can, for another minute or two, and scanning your body and noticing any sensation that's there, like the temperature of your feet or your hands or how your butt feels on the chair noticing anywhere that you're holding tension and see if you can bring relaxation to those parts so just getting connected to our sensations sensations are the language of the nervous system Mm, so the more we start to name things as sensations temperature, color, texture, size, what we're feeling. We are being with our we're being so in our body at the level of sensation that our nervous system starts to process that mm-hmm. and digest it and take you from that heightened state back into a down regulated state. Those are some of the things that you could do in a matter of five minutes. And I recommend to people, you know, schedule it or book a few times so that you're not waiting until you're really stressed to necessarily do it. But where can you give yourself those experiences a few times a day so that you feel, you start to feel the difference. Yep. And when you start to feel that difference, Then you'll recognize it more when you're operating in that heightened state, what I call out of your window of what your nervous system can tolerate. And you'll start to bring more of your breath because breath is really the key right? to those moments the rest of the day so that you are self-regulating moment by moment moment
0: Mm -hmm. awesome they are great tips and all very very easy i was doing some as you were explaining them but i'm also interested to to take them and take them out into the real world i mean i was i don't feel like my nervous system was very high before it but i do feel like even just watching you doing them and listen to it i was like i was already being a like in dropping into a calmer state, so you know it's, yeah it's it's those simple tips, the ones that I love them the most, you know, especially when they're involved in the breath because it's um they're super valuable and i and I know from experience that they do work um and so in in what you just said there like i gotta I have reminders set in my phone just just to pause and it just says pause and that's all that it is and and all it is for me is multiple times every few hours throughout the day when I see that I'm just reminded to take that breath and you know and for me it's that the the pause changes as time progresses but it's always take a breath and realize become aware of where I am observe my surroundings and try to come back into the present and it's super interesting because at some stages I'll get that that little reminder and you know depending on where i am will depend on how i feel at that point in time but what, but into in context to what you're saying what i do realize is by just practicing that routinely i also become more aware when my nervous system is starting to be like when i'm at work or whatever i'm like oh geez i'm, I'm feeling pretty rushed i'm feeling pretty anxious here oh okay cool hold on a second well i don't come <sighs> away on and just like chill you know what yeah. i mean
2: yeah
0: i say that because it's it's so like how simple is what i just said and yet mm-hmm. it seem it for, it is hard to begin with because when you're really in that fight or flight um situation the last thing you want to do is your body your last thing your body wants to do anyway is slow down but you you also have the ability to recognize and practice the fact that hey you can still keep doing what you're doing but you don't have to be doing it in the exactly. state that, you, that you're that you
1: in yeah we're we it's we come out of you know sympathetic parasympathetic all day long
0: mm.
1: here i am on this podcast i've been talking for mm. a lot of it so of course i'm using more energy i'm in a more heightened state and it's about not about not ever being there. It's about being able to regulate and come down.
2: Yeah, sure. a lot of
1: people yeah. get stuck in there. So yeah. now that you you were talking the past two minutes, and because I did my practice, I'm sitting here, releasing having some big <laughs> yawns. Because, and so that's really what it's for: is to come back down, so that you don't carry that intensity, that sympathetic energy. To the rest of your day, to other things, to then being with your partner or your kids. Yeah, um, yeah. So, nice. and by the way, with kids, practice it with them. Yeah, yep. <laughs> have it a fun game to do with them. They'll get value, and you'll get value. You'll it'll be a win-win all around.
0: I've said this before, but I'll say it again because I love telling this story. about because I do practice that for my little girls. Um, they are good at it. Sometimes, you know, they're only sort of five and s- seven, so y- you can imagine that sometimes they're past that point, and then it takes a while for them to to, to do it. But the 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 fun part is they actually recognise in me when I'm getting a bit angry, and like even my little one, she'll be like, "Dad, just take a breath," and I'm like.
1: Me. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They want, they want your presence, your safe energy. Yeah. It's so important for them. Yeah. Because they're attuning to your energy. They are more, they're learning more. Here's something else for especially parents to recognize. Your kids are learning more from your energy than they are the words that you say and the actions that yep. you do yep. they are energy they're so connected to that yeah so if you're just like i tell my kids all the right things to do and i do all the right things but your energy is intense it's not present it doesn't feel safe for them they're going to be programmed more with responding to that than how you Act or try to you know model to them.
0: Yeah, hell yeah. I'm not gonna say anything to that because I couldn't agree more. I think that is just yes yeah, it's, it's it's so true and it's so so important. Um what I will ask though is we all have that inner critic, um and you know, regardless of where it's stems from i do think like everything that we've been discussing it's it's important not to want to fix it or or change it for the sake of changing it allowing it to be an opportunity um but how do you maybe in yourself and and also which i assume is how you teach it how do we have that how do we have that create that balance in that inner critic you know rather than sort of you know because some people might have the approach of just swearing at it and telling it to piss off and leave me alone I don't want to deal with you maybe that works sometimes sometimes other people might be a little bit more gentle but no no doubt there's a there's a bit of a, a balance and I'm sure there's no perfect balance but from from your experience anyway um how do you treat that
1: yeah so your inner critic a lot of times is uh the voice of how you might have been criticized when you were young. Sure. Um, and so, yes, there's deep work that we can do around that. And there's also just recognizing that your inner critic is just one voice, one part of you. And just like your ego is, and your inner child is, and they're not to be fought or executed, <laughs> destroyed. They're to be acknowledged. And then you get to introduce the inner best friend. Yeah. Like, can you balance, can you hear the part that says, I think you're going to fail at this. You're fucking up. You're just not doing it right. I don't know why you even bother. And also bring into, again, intentional practice of the voice of that inner best friend and what you do need. Yep. And I say practice because The Inner Critic has had plenty of practice. It was yep. programmed in over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah, And so recognizing that your life is a movie and you get to introduce new ways of being new roles that you want to play. But just like an actor in Hollywood, they don't get the script and then win the Oscar the next day. There's thousands of hours that they put in to mastering that character to win that oscar
2: yeah
1: and so are you willing to come up with that to sit down and ask yourself what would i need what what would my best friend my very best friend right now say to me and write that out yeah. and then even possibly record it yeah what do i need to hear I actually, I was, I was talking to one of my best friends yesterday and she was having one of those tough moments when it comes to like meeting her future husband. And I just went off and said all these beautiful things is what a best friend tells. She's like, I'm going to record that. Or like it was a voice note. She's like, I'm going to need to re-listen to that a bunch of times. And I'm like, go for it. Mm. And I said to her, and when you're not. So connected to your inner critic. When you feel like you're having a day where you're more in your higher self, your positive self, go record what you want to remind yourself of in those darker, tougher moments so that you can use yourself as that lifeline. There's something very powerful about hearing our own voice yeah of 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 take any affirmation that you want and record yourself saying it and play that play that at night while you're sleeping that works let me tell you let it subliminally get programmed in there Mm -hmm. yes (laughs) like just yes do that sit down write those things and it on and play it on yep. repeat while you sleep yeah you could even do it to nice calming music yeah watch your life start to transform that in those moments when life happens there's suddenly an option for a new voice a new yeah. character yep. to take stage yeah front stage <laughs> instead of the inner critic. So we're not trying to kill the inner critic. We're just wanting to give the the main the main you know the star of the movie mm. to a new character, and you get to design who that is.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome advice. I can't I can't wait to go go and try that myself. Especially the the yeah. first one like this it's it's I mean I ask that question because everyone's got the inner critic, but you know when it is strong, it's. It, Sometimes it's easier than other times to, um, you know, have that balance. Um, but it, it, it would be super fun to, yeah, listen to yourself in that situation when that inner critic, <coughs> excuse me, is so strong, and then you're reminded by your own self that there's this other, this other way, this other option of of being, which is um, obviously going to be yeah. super super important. Yeah,
1: I'll, I'll, I'll give one more practice. I love giving stuff away that you guys can take and put into action. Please. When there's a lot of noise happening in our heads, whether it's the inner critic or just like it is noisy up there and you just want it to shut up or you want to fix it or you don't know what to do with it, take out a piece of paper, your journal or even, you know, a video of audio record and just Dump it out as if you're talking to your best friend, meaning there's no filter, yeah. there's no. It doesn't have to be full sentences. It's just like as you're just spewing it out as it, as you're hearing it in your head. Yeah. Dump it all out on a piece of paper. Yeah. Until you feel like you've dumped it all out. Yeah. And then go back and read it and identify. Where you wrote, I am, dot, 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 I feel, dot, 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 I feel like, dot, 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 or dot, 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 me. Mm. Right? Like, like, he doesn't care about me, or mm-hmm. I feel like I'm all alone, or yeah. I am sad. Circle all of those. Yep. That is your inner child. That is what needs tending to. Yeah, And then picture that little boy or little girl walking into your safe space, whatever that is. If it's your bedroom, you know, out in nature, whatever you visualize, picture them walking into that space. And they're the ones saying that statement. Mm, nice. And then how would you want to show them love, to reparent them? What would you do with that then? And it's in that experience that you'll tap into that divine mother, that unconditional love, and get out of the hurting yourself or feeling lost. In your head because in our head we usually only hear the loudest voices and it's usually not the inner child the inner child is in the corner somewhere scared and alone yeah. it's usually our ego that is trying to defend or you know make us feel better
2: mm-hmm.
1: than everybody else yeah. or protect us or it's the inner critic yeah. and so in both of that you're left hopeless all alone mm-hmm. so instead doing that practice and then once you do that you can go back and read what you wrote again mm-hmm. and identify the i want dot 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 or the i need dot 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 and that's your heart that's yeah. your desire that's the part that's the creator and your inner child is your access to your heart, to that creator. Yeah. Think about your daughters, Mitchell. When they're, ha- when they're upset, they just want to move through their upset, right? Yeah. And the second they do, what are they off doing?
0: Whatever they want to do, being present with <laughs> what would Probably before that, yeah
1: creating
0: yeah exactly. playing yeah
1: and if you say to them while they're playing and creating hey so are you are you still sad about that they're gonna be like what huh it was, yeah exactly like it's gone
0: absolutely those
1: so same things yeah when we leave things in our head and we're stuck trying to figure it out yeah um we can't access our heart Yep. And so you're just going to be swimming in that inner critic or that ego judging you or the part of you that I call the shadow, which is the shame. Everything that you, the the, the, the one that wants to just hide and not be seen, um, you'll be stuck in that. And mm-hmm. so do the practice yep. and you'll get better at attending to yourself and better at creating what you do want.
0: Yeah. Thank you very much for that. There's been a lot of <laughs> a lot of practices and stuff like that. People are gonna really enjoy. I hope they really enjoy it, because I've really enjoyed it. Um and I can't I can't wait to try a few of these things out. So I'll I'll definitely do that and let you know how I go. Um, last question. Um how how do you remain present? I
1: accept what is in every moment. As what is. So, if I'm feeling tired or I'm feeling sad, I'm not trying to get it anywhere. Yeah. Or if my partner is speaking to me, it's not about what can I say next or when is he done talking. It it acceptance brings me into presence of like this is what is now because all we are are moments of now. And now, and now, and now, and now. And that's present. So what is happening? Yep. What are you feeling now? Uh, is how I keep myself in presence. And avoiding doing too many things at one time. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh-huh. wait, is this happening now? Or is this happening now? <laughs> am I on the Zoom call? Or am I looking at my text message
0: yeah. while
1: I'm on a Zoom call? And it's like, you can't really be present with like what, what we can only really take in one thing at a time so i'll admit it's practice
2: it's there's a
1: part of me that loves to multi (laughs) but in presence it's that it's the like what is what am i feeling what is happening now and and being present with that yeah when i work with clients it's the being present with them requires me to also be present simultaneously with me so as i'm being on the zoom call being present with you yeah it also requires me to notice the pace the cadence at which i'm speaking yeah and am i in my body still breathing or am i talking like this mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. presence in the body breath
0: yeah awesome thank you for that i appreciate it and uh, this has been great conversation um i've really enjoyed it no doubt everybody else will um can you please let us know where we can find you
1: yeah. So I hang out most on Instagram. Yep. If you follow me, I will send you a DM. If you send me a DM, I will engage with you for sure. For yep. sure. I always love getting to know people. That's how Mitchell and I got here. It right, is. Mitchell? <laughs> yeah. um, and if you're curious about my offerings and I have some free resources too, uh, that's all available on my website, trainingcampforthesoul.com.
0: Okay. Beautiful. Um. Again, thank you. Uh, much appreciated. It's going to be a. a, I love. I love. I actually really love going back and listening to these myself because I. It's. It's funny of all the notes that I take. I always go back and I write like twice as many when I go back and listen to it again. And There's always pearls of wisdom that are. Um. Yeah. That are. That are seen from a different angle. So again, I appreciate everything.
1: Thank you, Mitchell. Such a pleasure. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Thanks.
0: Thanks for listening. Please subscribe wherever your ears choose to listen and leave a review if this podcast has helped broaden that horizon. I'd love to hear from you and what you got out of this episode. Stay weird, be yourself, and above all, remember to step over the ants.